Welcome to the Hot Content Marketing Podcast, here to provide you with tips, tricks, inspiration, and advice on how to market your business online. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner, this is the place for you, as I chat to each of our expert guests about what's working right now. Hello. So we are going to continue on the Hot Content Marketing uh, podcast to record the podcast interviews live um, via a Facebook live stream uh, once a fortnight on the Natalie at Hot Content um, Facebook page. It seems to work really well so far. It just mixes things up a little bit doing the interview live. And I know a lot of people really like to tune into the Facebook live. Um, and I know a lot of other people prefer just to listen to the, the audio via the podcast, which is fantastic either way you like to do it. So we'll continue with this for the foreseeable future. But do bear in mind, if you do like Facebook lives, to keep an eye out on the Facebook page for the announcements of when those go out. If not, just continue to listen to the uh, the podcast episodes, which should be coming out once every two weeks. So we'll jump in with uh, the main part of the show, which is a fantastic interview this uh, this time with uh, Richard Tubb. I think you'll really enjoy this one. Hello, Richard. I think that we are live on Facebook. <laughs> wow. Exciting, terrifying and everything in between. <laughs> Thank you for having me on here. No worries. I've been really looking forward to this, as you know. How are you anyway this morning, Richard? Good, good. It's a lovely day up here in the Toon, uh, Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of the UK. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this interview and see where we go with it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, um, we've met a couple of times before, haven't we? And I heard you do a talk at Newcastle Startup Week. Um, and I was just really inspired by it. Um, remind me of the title of the talk again. Well, I saw you speak at Newcastle Startup Week, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. I spoke next to you at Talking Point of Business, didn't I? So we oh, uh, we actually we we shared the stage there and did it. So uh, yeah, and, and basically, I was at Talking Point of Business, which is uh, a business conference based here in Newcastle upon Tyne. I was speaking about um, productivity, efficiency, and a cheeky Nando's which is an intriguing title. It's also a crazy title and a stupid title, but uh, it, it piqued people's interest anyway. It definitely did. It was a really clever title and um, it became clear why it was called that. So um, there's a few things that really stood out for me, but I think I'm just going to ask you just to talk through it in your own, in your own way. So basically, if you could just give us a little bit of background. Um, so you run um, an IT, um, you help people grow their IT businesses. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So my background uh, potted history is I used to run uh, an IT, what's called an IT managed service provider. So that's just an IT uh, support business, the IT guys who fix computers and things uh, back in Birmingham. I ran that for a number of years and I sold that business at the end of, where are we? I'm going to say 2011. The timelines become a bit blurry here. But uh, And then what happened uh, during the period where I was running the IT business, I talked quite openly um, about the good stuff that happens, the challenges that happened, everything that happened in between. I used to blog and uh, speak at community events and things like that. Uh, and so purely by chance, what happened when I sold the IT business, lots of my competitors, other IT businesses in the UK, 
uh, started picking up the phone to me and saying, now that you're no longer a competitor, would you mind coming in and sharing some of the stuff that you were talking about? Um, so I'd love to say I planned to do that, but no, that was a, a pure sort of fluke. Um, so yeah, on a day-to-day -day basis now, I help the owners of other IT businesses really to, to free up their time and to concentrate on what's important and essentially uh, to make more money. So. Yeah, brilliant. So you've got um, an established, very successful business. You have managed to nail this work-life balance thing. Would you agree with me? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely not managed to nail it. So whatever I say going forwards here, I want to make one thing absolutely clear. The techniques, the tips, the strategies, the routines that I've put in place is absolutely necessary for me because A, I'm the world's biggest procrastinator and B, I'm incredibly lazy. If I could sit around all day doing nothing, then I would do. So a lot of the stuff that I talk about uh, a lot of the routines and habits and techniques are really just to make sure that I do what needs to be done. Um, let's not pretend for a minute that I'm some sort of guru and I've got this work-life balance thing uh, absolutely nailed. Far from it. There are plenty of times where it's a disturbing thought for anybody watching or listening. Uh, there's plenty of times when I just sit around in my pants eating chocolate cake and binging on Netflix. That's absolutely the reality of it. However... I've got the time to do that because of some of the processes and things that I put in place that just free up my time to being able to to spend it um, however however I choose to. Okay, so let's give people some guidance and some help and some tips. So you uh, have been able to take a Friday off. When did you make that decision? Yeah, so I think it was the first year after I sold the the IT business. Um, I basically realised that I was starting to get busy, uh, and and that um, you know these calls I was getting from other IT business owners that was a business in itself. It took me a few months to sort of trigger that was the case, and then I realised I was working you know quite hard, and I was actually within a few months of having sold a business, just getting straight back into almost the um, the treadmill, the rat race of you know uh, working all hours again, and that's not what I wanted. So. I'm a massive fan of experiments. Mm -hmm. um, people are very open to experiments if they think it's not a permanent thing, if they think it's, you know, we're just going to try this out. So as an experiment, I said, okay, I'm taking Fridays off. Don't know what I'm going to do with the Fridays, but I'm going to take Fridays off. Um, so I tried that as an experiment. That was six years ago, and it's actually become a selling point now. So I think, you know, lots of IT business owners, lots of business owners that I speak to um, aspire to doing that sort of thing. And um, I'll, I'll let you into a secret. It's not that difficult. Um, I actually get more done in four days now than I would do in five. So I said I'm a massive procrastinator. Um, have you ever, Natalie, before you're just about to go on holiday, had some really, really productive days just because you've got to cram everything in? Yes. <laughs> imagine, imagine if you were doing that every week and it just became, okay, I haven't, uh, the work will stretch to fill the time available, won't it? We, we all know that. There's always more things to be done. What I found by doing a four-day week was that I was like, okay, I've only got four days to do this. I better knock along. And for a massive procrastinator like myself, it was phenomenal. Um, and as I said, it's become a selling point as well because people work with me specifically because they say, I want to reach the point where you've got you know i want to spend more time with my friends and family i want to spend more time doing hobbies i want to spend more time sitting around binge in my pants binging on netflix and eating chocolate cake brilliant whatever you want to do that's what the time's there for 
Yeah, fantastic. And we've got a comment from Heather Thomas, um, lovely Heather, because she has uh, she has uh, children, so um, she has to take at least one day off a week because of childcare. So she's yeah. really looking forward to hear how she can squeeze more into the four days that she's got. And I, I know a lot of us are in a simple, similar position. I'm in a similar position where you know I'm working in school hours mainly. Um, so and I think actually that helps me because I know that I've got between pretty much nine and quarter to three, and I've you know, it makes me really focused and obviously I can catch up a bit more things if I need to, but I think there's definitely something in that. Um, there's a, isn't there a, uh, a theory, is it called the Parkinson's law or something where the more time you have uh, things just stretch to fill time? Yeah, the, the work will expand to fit the time available. And if you make more time, you'll find more work or you'll take longer to do things. So literally, you know, what, what I'm doing here isn't uh, magic or whatever. The four days a week thing it is that's the new normal. You know, at some point in history, uh, uh, as humans, we worked six, seven days a week and nobody batted an eyelid. And then I think it was uh, Henry Ford, wasn't it, introduced the um, the five-day week and giving, giving workers the weekend off. And miraculously, we got as much done in five days uh, back at the, uh, the start of the last century as we did in seven days. So, you know, this theory does work and it's not something I've invented. Yeah, no, and definitely some of the things that you talked about, some of your tips, which I'm going to ask you to share in a sec, um, they are so subtle, such small, tiny things, some of them, and um, they've obviously made a huge difference to you. Could you just start by sharing one or two of them? Um, I particularly yeah. liked the one about um, when you go for a walk, for example. Sure, sure. So as I said, I'm, I'm the world's biggest procrastinator. If I can put things off, I will do. So what, what I've done basically is try to find routines and habits that are so easy uh, to do that I would be crazy not to do them. And these are all healthy uh, routines and habits. So yeah. if I give you an insight into my morning, for instance, so when I get up, I'm quite, um, quite an early riser. Um, and uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy getting up, you know, when there's nobody else up and around the house uh, and I can get on with creative work, like writing and doing things. Um, but that only works if I go to bed at a reasonable time. Um, I'm not much of a night owl, but I, it's easy, isn't it, for us to sit on our mobile phones and just sort of going on Facebook and doing all this stuff of an evening. So what I actually did was uh, actually set an alarm for myself to go to bed. So at nine o'clock, my Fitbit buzzes with a silent alarm and it says, hey, Richard, it's time to wind down. So that's one of the little things that just gives a prompt. And you'd be surprised these things build into, into routines, into habits. Uh, the other thing that I do, you know, even though I'm a massive geek, you know, you can see from looking at the background here, there's technology all around me. I absolutely love tech. Um, but tech uh, is something that we want to control, not for it to control us. And so I found, say, with smartphones, tablets and things like that, um, I shut them down sort of, you know, 8.30 of a night and start to, to wind down a little bit. Otherwise, there's things flying around in your head that mean you don't get a good night's sleep. So anyway, that's, you know, that, that enables me to, to, to get up fairly early in the morning. And then what my routine looks like is I pretty much do the same thing uh, every single day. Um, I get up, I uh, make myself the same breakfast every day, um, and that takes the decision-making out of it. So I'm also a greedy pig, I should say, as well as a procrastinator. So if I open the fridge and there's last night's pizza or chocolate cake or something like that there, um, I will dive into that for breakfast, which is not the breakfast of champions, isn't it? It's not the best way to start a day. So I eat the same breakfast every single day, it takes the decision um, out of that. I then read a chapter of a book. I'm a massive book reader. So for anybody uh, listening or watching this and they, they've got a pile of books gathering dust, um, I overcame that by saying, right, I'm going to read a chapter of a book every day. 
uh, and it gets you off. You know, if there's, there's an old phrase, if you win the morning, win the day. I'm a massive believer in that. Uh, so I read a chapter of a book um, every day. Um, I would then I got into meditation a few years ago uh, using the Headspace app. So I'll sit and meditate for 15 minutes. Um, then and only then will I get ready and start the day. I will then do some writing. I'll do something creative, you know, a really good use of my time. And then probably about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, um, once that is done, um, and I feel as though I've achieved things with the day, um, then I will turn my phone on. Then I will have a look at email. Then I'll do the things. What, what I've observed most people do is the opposite. They get up with their mobile phone next to the bed. They turn it on. They either have a look at what's going on in the world, which is usually not, you know, not a pretty, um, a pretty way to start the day, or they have a look at email. And email is essentially other people's to-do list forced upon you. So yeah. then suddenly, even if you don't action the email, if you look at it first thing in the morning, you are then uh, those ideas, the things that people have sent to you via email, it's floating around in your head and it distracts you away from what you really want to get on with uh, yeah. during the day. So yeah, that, that's pretty much how my morning starts. And then you, you mentioned the other one that I think tickled you a little bit and a few people about the walking. Yes. So again, I said, I'm lazy. I'm painting a brilliant picture of myself as a cake eating um, procrastinator here. <laughs> But the other thing is, I know that I'm at my best and I get my best work done. I'm the best version of myself if I've got some sort of exercise in the day. Um, so going out for a walk, fine. You know, I enjoy walking. I enjoy listening to podcasts. Um, you know, it, it all helps. However, actually making the step to go out of the door and start the walk, um, th there's quite often friction there. So uh, the, the, the old Richard would go, should really go for a walk. But where will I go walking? And what does the weather look like? Shall I wear a coat or shall I not wear a coat? And if I wear that coat, oh, what if an idea comes to me? I haven't got a notepad for that. And where are my headphones to listen to the podcast? It's exhausting. And so by the time I actually went to go for a walk, I was ex I'd be like, you know what, forget it. I'll just do emails or Facebook instead. So what I essentially did was, uh, it's really sad, but it just works. Um, all of my coats, for instance, have got notepads and headphones in. So it doesn't matter which coat I pick up. I've got everything I want for the walk. I go pretty much around the same route walking every single day. So there's no decision over where am I going to go for a walk? It's okay. That's I've actually got a couple of routes. That's a half an hour walk. That's an hour's walk. I just get out the door, go and do it. And by the time my brain has actually caught up and said, eh, do you really want to do this? I'm halfway there. So I may yeah. as well finish it off. You know. And each and every day I just do that walk and it just gives me a bit of, a bit of time, a bit of space to, you know, uh, to process things. And I get back and I feel great and I carry on with the day. So, again, it's just a, it's another way of reducing the number of decisions I need to make in a day, just reducing yeah. the friction to actually getting on and doing the things that are actually um, are good for me. Friction. I love that. I'm writing friction down as we speak. Um, what I loved about that, what really resonated with me about that was I'm such a, I'm so bad with decisions. I <laughs> agonize and agonize and think simple things like, I, I'm saying I try and go for a walk every day. It doesn't always work, but yeah, I can make an issue out of where I'm going to walk. Um, so that's why that jumped out at me. Um, I love that idea of just uh, making the process just that whole lot smoother. And I say, giving yourself less barriers. Um, yeah. That, as you say, you're already out the door before your brain's finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just reducing the friction to actually doing the things that you know that you, you should do to have a good day. You know, yeah. be it sleeping right, be it 
doing the writing, the creative stuff that you want to do, be it starting the day properly, be eating a healthy breakfast every day, those sort of things. So, you know, uh, as I said at the, you know, the start of our conversation, all of this is born out of the fact that I'm a massive procrastinator. I'm lazy. I'm greedy. I'm just about, you know, all the things. And and, and no, I'm not alone in this. There's going to be lots of people listening in today who are thinking exactly the same thing. Um, but, you know, just remove the barriers to doing the things that are right for you. And then you'll find you have more better days than not. Absolutely. And um, I know that one of the things that you do, you love Nando's, hence the title of the <laughs> business um, and a cheeky Nando's. So you have been able to build in Nando's time into your working life, haven't you? Could you just exactly. talk? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it started off as a bit of a, a, a joke. I discovered Nando's. My wife, Claire, introduced me to Nando's a few years ago, and I'm totally addicted <laughs> uh, to it since I love you know hot peri peri sauce anyway I was like well I enjoy eating at Nando's I enjoy spending time with people um, I'm very gregarious I you know I enjoy the company of people how can I increase the number of time that I do both and mm. it's like okay why do we have to have business meetings sat around a desk what would it look like if we had business meetings in Nando's and what would it look like if instead of a meeting with one person, I brought together a couple of clients who I wanted to introduce to each other anyway? So, again, it was another way of looking and saying, you know, um, how can I uh, make the most of these situations? How can I m have more fun doing business and doing the things that I enjoy? So it was another case of that. So the number of you know business meetings that I've had in, in Nando's and other places like that. Um, and it's great. Why does business have to be boring? Why does it have to be... Um, you know, uh, stale. Uh, why can't we do the things that we enjoy? Why can't we make business fun? So that's absolutely what I've done. And rather than give an unprofessional uh, sort of uh, opinion to other people, um, just like taking Fridays off, people have actually been attracted to that. They've said, you know, I've never thought of doing business that way. Uh, I'll give you another example. We, we talked about um, uh, going out for a walk. Um, uh, back when I was in Birmingham uh, with local clients there, I regularly used to go out for walking meetings. I'd say, right, instead of us sitting around, you know, a, a, a PC or a laptop or whatever, let's get out and go for a walk. And you know what? When you're walking, some really good ideas come to you. Don't worry. I've got a notepad because all of my coats have got notepads in and we can just write things down as we go. So, you know, walking meetings is another great one for us. I think the bottom line for me is, you know, see where you can have fun with these things. Don't subscribe to the theory that professional is wearing a suit or wearing a smart outfit uh, or a tie for, for for blokes or whatever and sitting around a table. No, that's, you know, do business however you want to do business. And rather than pushing people away who think you're unprofessional, you will actually attract more people who go, that's fairly cool. I want to do business that way too. That's really interesting because I think a lot of people would probably want to do that but be scared to do it for the fear that, yeah, people are going to think, mm, that's not very professional. And mm. so they have the confidence. So it's interesting to hear that it's actually attracted people to you rather than the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. And what is professional? Professional isn't wearing a suit and a tie, in my opinion. Professional is turning up on time, doing the things that you say you do and treating other people with respect. Um, that's professional. So professional is not sitting around a table professional can definitely be in peri peri chicken in nando's absolutely absolutely <laughs> and um so I, i'm guessing that another um way that you've been able because obviously your business is, is established um and has has grown a great deal i'm guessing that you at, at some point got to a point where you thought you needed help you needed to outsource i'm guessing that's been an integral part of 
you've been able to to work the hours that you do is that is that right yeah absolutely so um you know working with other people it's uh, it's a necessity you can't do everything on your own um uh, so i took a slightly different tack to it rather than just um sharing the tasks that um i didn't want to do i also looked at some of the things that i enjoyed doing but perhaps weren't the best highest value use of my time mm-hmm. um and rather than just trying to outsource and do it as cheaply as possible um i started to keep my eye out for people who did the work really really well in fact loads better than i could do the work um and so over the past few years we've got what we we joking refer to as uh, team tub um and i've got people such as um uh, holly who's my uh, pa um she looks after all of my email she makes sure i turn up where i'm supposed to be um you know uh, she does bookings and, and calendar and all that sort of things um we've got judith who looks after email marketing and some of our business relationships some of the social media um, and she looks after um, my speaking calendar and I do you know, public speaking and things like that. Cole Gray, for instance, does my uh, graphic design. Um, so he's done a fantastic job um, uh, doing that. So I am creative in terms of writing, not so much in terms of aesthetically pleasing, both <laughs> this and <laughs> the website and everything. So um, yeah, Cole, Cole looks after uh, uh, that aspect of things. Uh, Ahmed looks after my website. You know, I'm a geek, a techie. I can do, uh, my website runs on WordPress. I can do that, but Ahmed is brilliant at doing that. He's way better than me. And it's what he, it's his passion, what he loves. Um, uh, so he does that as well. And I've got a lady called uh, Goodrun, uh, Goodrun Lorette on my team. And she essentially, um, grabs hold of some of my content that I write and repurposes it, turns it into other brilliant forms of content. Um, and she knows my content better than I do at this stage. It's absolutely crazy. But, you know, um, the team are, are wonderful. The team are all individually better than me at what they do. But it also then frees up my time to do the things that I enjoy doing, um, you know, such as meeting people, writing, speaking, um, all of those cool things. So I, I found it incredible to have those people around me. Yeah, absolutely. It's about, yeah, surrounding yourself with people who are better at certain things, like you say, than than you are. But it takes time to get to that point, doesn't it? It's, it, it does. I think the biggest hurdle that I observe when people are uh, looking at um, uh, outsourcing work or looking at surrounding themselves with a team, and um, first of all, the mistake they make is to look for a single virtual admin or a single outsource you know a person this sort of super person who can do mailchimp and can do website design and can do social media and all of these other things my experience is that person doesn't exist you Mm. will find people who can do some of those things but not all so um for two reasons one we've already talked about uh, getting people who are better than you at what they do but secondly bear in mind that these people are individuals as well they are, uh, if you gave just one person all of that responsibility, there's no two ways about it. They're, they're a single point of failure. If that person decides they want to run off to the Maldives and spend the rest of their days on a beach or, or whatever, um, your business is going uh, to disappear with that. So uh, surrounding yourself with lots of people, I think sort of spreads the risk a little bit and it creates that team environment. It's brilliant. You know, I know all of the guys on my team do business with one another. They refer work to one another. They uh, act as a team. There's no two ways about it. And that's quite a nice feeling to be to be a part of a team. Yeah, definitely. It's great. You know, you can get to that point. It's fantastic. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to just pick your brains about, which we did mention briefly, was the meditation. Now, I know a lot of people, um, when we say the word meditation, um, freak out. Yeah. Um, but um, let's talk about it in the terms in terms of, of productivity um, and focus. Um, yeah. So I know that you've been using the Headspace app. Um, for those who don't have um, an idea of, of what mindfulness is, meditation and, and using the app, how, how does it work for you? Sure. Um, so first of all, I, sh I should say for anybody who's got the picture of meditation being a Buddhist monk sort of clanging little symbols and going hum, that is totally not the meditation uh, that I do. Meditation has been around since like the earliest days of humanity, you know, uh, the idea of, of sitting around and sort of uh, not really clearing your mind, but just giving yourself some time uh, for your brain to process things, give yourself some quiet time, I think is really important now more than ever. However, um, you know, back before I uh, took up meditation and, and, and did it as an experiment, which is stuck, um, I am totally not woo-woo. I am not a new age person. I am not um, particularly spiritual or any of these things. But I was aware that, um, you know, I struggled at the end of the day to close down effectively and to spend time with my uh, my family and my friends. I was aware that um, I would quite often have, I would ruminate about things. I'd have things playing through in my mind. And we all do as business owners, especially as business owners. I think everybody does it full stop. But as business owners, we have more to think about than, um, than most. And so what meditation does for me is it's just 15 minutes uh, to sit there quietly um and not to try and clear the mind not even to try and stop thinking about things but to be mindful of them so when a thought pops into my mind oh i must give natalie a call and talk about that uh, i don't stop and write it down just let it go mm -hmm. right i've noticed that thought and then the next thought comes up and the next thought and it can be difficult difficult is the wrong word it can be a challenge to begin with because you just you're trying to force yourself not to think but for anybody listening say, if I told you, please don't think about a pink elephant, what are you thinking about now? <laughs> so you can't tell your brain not to think about something. Um, you know, there's always stuff going on. There's always, uh, your brain's always chattering away in the background. What I found uh, meditation is, is just being mindful of those thoughts as they pop in and saying, oh, there's a thought, I'll just let it go. There's a thought, I'll just let it go. And I'll be honest, I do 15 minutes every day. I've got to the stage now where I can... Um, most days I can pretty much, you know, close my eyes, focus on my breathing. And within five minutes, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, zen out, chilled out, whatever you want to call it. But there's been days where I've spent 14 minutes thinking about emails or 14 minutes thinking about what am I going to have for dinner tonight or whatever. But then you just get one minute of just calm where you don't even notice it because you're not thinking about it. And it helps you then to tackle the rest of the day. Yes. Um, I used, to, I used to do meditation just, you know, once for 15 minutes in the morning, and that was good. Um, but then I found, as I was saying, at the end of the day, I don't, don't know what it's like for you, Natalie, but when even when you've had a really good day, when you've been in the flow, got loads of stuff done, you've been highly productive. Um, I don't know about you, but I find it difficult to switch off because I'm like, right, let's just carry on going. Mm. Um, and, of course, you can't because it's not sustainable because if you carry on going – carry on working it's going to impact on tomorrow and that means you're not going to be as productive tomorrow so i actually incorporated sort of three to five minutes of meditation at the end of the day as well so i i go through this the same routine i uh close down on my email uh, you know I, I, I subscribe to sort of inbox zero philosophy close down on my email and then i uh meditate for three to five minutes 
And for me, it's the equivalent of if I was an office worker of saying, right, that's my day done, closing the office door, locking the key and walking away. That's the trigger that most people have for their brain to say, right, the day's over, that part of the day's over. Now I'm going to go and be a dad or a husband or a friend or whatever and, and, and do fun stuff. So yeah. for me, working from home, that's difficult to do yeah. because there's there's no office that I turn the key and walk away from. It is the house. I walk from one room and I'm in another. Yeah. Um, so that for me, you know, that that routine at the end of the day and the, the mindfulness and meditation just programs my brain, I think, to say the day's done there. Go and go and do something more fun instead. Yeah. There is nothing, um, or there doesn't have to be anything, like you say, woo about it, does there? I mean, I used it last night just when um, I uh, had quite a, a really full-on afternoon. My head was just like, oh, um, I was feeling like that. And um, I got the kids the tea, got the kids to bed, and I've been planning. We've got another room plastered out in the house, so I thought, right, I'm going to do a bit of painting, just cutting in around the ceiling. But I felt so tense and stressed that I couldn't face it. So I just laid down um it didn't it wasn't even five minutes uh, just put the car mac on and then after about yeah four or five minutes I just sat up and I was like right I can do it now something had just yeah just calmed me down just cleared so yeah I I'm with you I can't recommend that's brilliant great productivity um so yes no it was great to quiz you about that I actually <laughs> just to, to um demonstrate how um which I think Richard has got a handle on. If I actually emailed you, didn't I, the day before I went on holiday to say, because I was having a, a panic about how am I going to stop from work? How am I going to relax? And what do I do? And I emailed you, didn't I? And I said, have you got any tips? And um, it, you gave me quite a good tip, actually, which was to, if I absolutely had to, which was to check my emails once a day, and then was it to create responses but just save them as drafts? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, let, this advice is born out of the fact that when I don't work on a Friday, uh, for instance, the, there are some days when I choose to <clears throat> do work on a Friday because yeah. it's my choice, you know, and some days I, I love what I do. Uh, so, you know, it's not a chore for me. Um, so some days I think, you know what, I, I do want to jump in and do something, do some writing or whatever. Um, if there are emails there on a Friday, what I found was if I'd respond to them on a Friday, guess what? The people who got them would go, oh, Richard is working on a Friday, despite the out of office message and rest. And they'd reply saying yeah. for a weekend, have you ever, um, you know, sat on, say, LinkedIn and, and browsed it over Saturday morning and sent a message or an update? And there's loads of people rep responding. And you're like, what are you people doing? Haven't you got anything better to do? Apart from the fact that you're on LinkedIn over Saturday morning. So <laughs> anyway, it sets the expectation for other people that you are there. So what I actually started doing was using um, a plugin for my Gmail, for my email, that would schedule the emails for a Monday morning. So it's fine. It's out of my head. It's out of my inbox. But it's not going across immediately. And I think as well as respecting our own time, um, you know, uh, the time we have off, holidays, weekends, uh, evenings and stuff like that, we should be respectful of other people's time. So if you send an email of an evening or whatever, it's no use saying, hey, don't worry about this, respond whenever. Because that person's probably, dare I say, not going to be as enlightened. They might get a ping on their phone and they'll do exactly that thing we were talking about earlier on where people look at their email in the morning. Even if they look at it and don't respond, it's floating mm -hmm. around in their head and playing on. So I think it's actually quite respectful, professional, dare I say, um, you know, to schedule these emails to go out in working hours as opposed to not in working hours. Yeah, I am actually going to, I'm writing that down as well because I got one when I was on holiday saying, um, 
don't worry, this can wait till you're back, but. <laughs> so which point I was sat on a lovely, you know, garden drinking a coffee in the sunshine, feeling stressed and anxious because I'd seen this evening. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna definitely look at plugins um but thank you so much for all that richard um what i would urge people to do as well as connect with you on social media and i'll ask you to tell people where they can do that in a sec but is to send email to richard uh richard an email on a friday and <laughs> his auto responder sends back to you it's really worth it just for a giggle it's brilliant <laughs> Love it. no so the out of office message is supposed to that we're not working on Fridays. It's supposed to reduce the amount of email I get. Now and that you've said that, I'll be sending. But don't worry, this is not a new thing. I get emails on Fridays just saying no response needed. I just wanted to read your out of office message. Yeah. Somebody told me about it. So, uh, but anyway, that, that, that's you know all joking aside. I get a kick out of that when yeah. I, I check the email on a Monday and I see people have just been pinging me. Uh, and secondly, it does again send this message to people. What is professionalism? Uh, and for me, I have quite a fun out of office message. Um, uh, yeah, and people enjoy it. And if people don't enjoy it, they're not the people that, that I'm particularly trying to attract to work with. So Exactly, exactly. We've got Heather here saying um, she loves that tip about scheduling emails. P.S. I grew up in Birmingham near Bartley. <laughs> So I grew up the next, I was going to say village, village across, but the next suburb across. So uh, I grew up in Willie Castle, Heather. So I spent a lot of time around uh, Bangham Pit and Bartley Green. That's going to mean nothing to anybody else other than you and I. But hello, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Will you let everybody know where they can connect with you, Richard, if they're not already? Sure. So, yeah, the uh, best thing to do is just uh, Google on Richard Tubb, T-U-B-B. But you can find me on Twitter at Tublog. That's T-U-B-B-L-O-G. Um, uh, you can find me on all the social platforms. If you've really got a penchant for seeing pictures of cheesecake and um, pints of beer and stuff, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, happy to do that. But please don't send one of those boilerplate, let's connect on LinkedIn. I get a real bee in my bonnet about that. Just do a search on Richard Tubb, uh, LinkedIn connection, and that will explain uh, why. But um, yeah, feel free to connect with me in any possible way. I'd love to hear from you. And I hope, you know, what we've shared today has been uh, been of use to some people. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. I mean, there's stuff in there that, um, you know, after hearing the talk, you've chucked extra stuff in there. So that's fantastic. And I will be putting this out on the podcast um, towards the end of the week. And uh, we'll try and write it up as well so that people um, can be reminded of what they've heard. So, yeah, thank you so much. It's lovely to chat to you as always, Richard. Oh, my pleasure. I'm honoured to be on there and uh, keep doing what you're doing, Natalie, because you are an awesome speaker. What you're doing for the wider business community is absolutely incredible as well. So uh, just keep doing what you're doing because you're fantastic. Thank you, Richard. That's lovely. Thank you so much. I'll chat Cheers. to you soon. Cheers. Bye. For more content marketing advice, head to hotcontent.co.uk. Why not join the Hot Content Marketing Group on Facebook too? Come and meet other like-minded entrepreneurs and share knowledge, ask questions and gain support in promoting your business online. See you in there.